Philippians chapter 2, we'll begin a reading here in just a second, and I will say just by way of introduction tonight, uh, I think I went over this with about four or five guys on a Saturday when I was visiting in April before we moved here, so this might sound familiar, uh, but felt like preaching this tonight uh, it was really, uh, I needed to be reminded of this constantly, and um, that message that we heard this morning, I'm not just saying this because Brother Tony's in here, but I needed that message, even though I know that God's uh, peace is perfect, uh, a lot of times I just get so focused on um, maybe some things that I'm going through or wh wh whatever, and uh, I lose focus of that. And uh, just a simple practical challenge there that stuck out to me, hey, how many thoughts that we have, really about four seconds is about a good thought, and just if we could think about Jesus every four seconds, we'd be doing pretty good, and I needed to hear that and appreciate that message. We'll be looking at the topic tonight on how to be a happy Christian, how to be a happy Christian, and I don't know about you, uh, I don't always feel like being happy, um, but I definitely don't want to be the person that shows up and is not the happy person, or necessarily the one that uh, is a negative person. Now, I can be, uh, my wife would be probably the, one of the first people, or I would be the first person to tell you that I can, I can find negative in a situation, but I have to determine to try to find positive and how to be happy in a situation. Um, just how many of you have probably shared some of those um, blessings tonight. Uh, we probably could have shared how there was some struggles that came before those blessings. And I'm thankful for the blessings. I'm thankful for those trials and tribulations that come in to bring us to our knees, to remind us that we need God. We can't do this on our own. Uh, but I'd like to look at just the topic tonight of how to be a happy Christian. And we'll look at several different passages of Scripture. I don't ever want to just get up and preach a thought that I think is, is good or something that um, you know, I, I came up with, but I will say that uh, we'll be jumping around to different scriptures for each point. Um, I just was reminded this several years ago. Uh, this popped into my mind, and then I read my Bible um, devotions and was just, it's like one of those things that somebody says something to you. Let me illustrate it this way. Uh, if you talk about a certain restaurant or a certain store, and all of a sudden you open up your phone and all the ads that you scroll through, it's like, that's all that I'm seeing now. Um, and we say, kid, what are you saying? Say, they're listening. Um, no, but what I, when I am saying this, that when the Lord speaks to my heart about a certain topic, it's amazing how when I get in the Word of God, it's like I see that over and over again. And the Lord's dealing with that in my heart. And so several years ago, uh, my daughter Reagan uh, woke up in the middle of the night, and it was one of those things that was over and over and over again. And um, I don't like to be woken up in the middle of the night. I don't think anybody does. Um, I shared with the teenager several weeks ago that uh, my daughter, she likes to wear these um, sleeping masks on her eyes, uh, and maybe sometimes she needs one over her mouth, no, but, uh, but she, she'll wear them over her eyes, and I just, I'm not the type of person to get woke up in the middle of the night, like, I wake up, what year is it, what day is it, what's going on, um, I feel like I wake up and my arms are up, so I don't know if I'm, like, fighting bad guys in my dreams, I have no idea, probably wrestling with my boys is probably what it is, and uh, she, she woke up, and she scared me half to death, and the mask that she was wearing uh, was like a, a panda mask, the panda eyes. So I just see black with like white circles. And it's the middle of the night, it's pitch black in our room, and I just see her walking, this thing, literally I just see, that's all I see, is those little eyes floating towards me. And um, so I hid behind my wife, and I said, Jennifer, what is that? And uh, it, was, it was Reagan, and uh, she freaked me out. I was like full force about to push Jen to whatever that was uh, so she could protect me. And, uh, but I took Reagan back to the room, and I was a little frustrated with her because I felt like I'd just gotten to sleep, wasn't feeling well, and she was crying. She said, Dad, I just want you to be happy. And um, 
I said to her, I said, I'd be very happy if you wouldn't wake up in the middle of the night. Uh, but you know, I went back to my room and I thought, just that stuck in my mind. Dad, I just want you to be happy. So I went back to her room, humbled myself, and I gave her a hug, said, Reagan, I am happy. I love you. Please go back to sleep, though. <laughs> and then we'll be more happy in the morning. Uh, but I don't want to be known as, especially from my kids, that I'm a grumpy person. I don't want them to think that dad is just always angry, always upset. Don't bother dad. Uh, you know, he comes home from work. Don't bother him. Leave him alone. I want to be a happy person. Now, sometimes, again, I don't feel like being happy. Many of you could say the same thing. I don't feel like being happy. Caleb, there's some things I'm going through right now. I don't really necessarily think happy is at the top of the list. But nonetheless, as a Christian, as we gave some testimonies tonight, we are so blessed. We are so blessed beyond measure. And uh, as a Christian, we are called to have the abundant life in Christ. Uh, he gives us eternal life. He gives us joy. And uh, his benefits that he gives to us are just beyond extraordinary. And I'm so thankful for the love of God, the peace of God, the goodness of God in my life. And so by way of introduction, I'd like to just make a few statements and then we'll look at a few passages of scripture about how to be a happy Christian. And I hope that as a Christian, people don't see that you say, I know you go to church, I know you have Christ living in you, but you're just miserable all the time. And we're going to look at that from a biblical perspective, how to be a happy Christian. And um, by way of introduction, let me say this. I think it's there on your worksheet. If you did not get one, um, the, the blanks will be there on the screen. But the most miserable people on this earth are those that are selfish. Uh, the most miserable people on this earth are those that are selfish. You think about um, just even a time maybe with uh, your siblings growing up, and there was a time that you were selfish in a situation. I can remember, such a weird how these things stick out in your mind, but I remember going to a Christian school, I think I was about second or third grade, and we had Spirit Week, and it was, uh, I believe it was Book Character Day. And this was back when it was probably still evil, but not as evil as today. Uh, but I liked, don't, don't throw any tomatoes at me, I liked Toy Story, okay? That was, that was my go-to movie. I liked Woody, he was my favorite character. I wanted to be a cowboy when I grew, uh, grew up. And um, I grew up and realized, no, I don't want to do that. Um, but anyways, I dressed up like Woody. My mom made a great costume. Um, she had, uh, went to the craft store, did a great job. She even went so far to tape one of the Woody dolls in my back, and we got one of those pool rings, painted it white, and taped it to that pull string of the doll. So if you pulled the, uh, pulled the pull string on the back of me, there would be something that was said. Um, again, not endorsing Disney today, okay, but uh, that was back a long time ago, and so I remember I won, I was so excited, but I decided I was going to get a prize for one of my friends that did not win that whole week. I had already won, and I won again, I was going to get a prize for one of my friends, and so I got that prize that he wanted, gave it to him, and I was feeling pretty good about myself. I got something for somebody else. I could have got it for myself. You know what I ended up doing? Later at recess, I told him, actually, you know, I kind of want that for myself, and I took it back. And I remember going home, I won fair and square that prize, but I felt miserable because I just took something that I was going to give to somebody else. And I remember just realizing as a young kid, I was like, man, it truly, the <laughs> Bible principle, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And uh, the most miserable people on this earth are those that are selfish. Now, I'm not asking you as we go through this to think about other people. I'm asking us to, to reflect on our own heart. Um, I don't want you to find someone that's miserable. So I know why you're miserable. It's because you're selfish, okay? That's something that my kids would probably do to one another, and they get that from me. But let's, let's, let's reflect on our own hearts tonight. Um, next, by way of introduction, I'd like to say the real secret to being content and satisfied is not to get, but to give. And we just illustrated that there in that story. And um, I'm sure you can remember a time when you did something on your own 
the Lord spoke to you and you did something for somebody else and you felt good about it. Um, and I'm not just saying that you felt good just to feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside, but you knew truly you had met a need, you were a blessing to someone. And the Bible, again, teaches us that it's more blessed to give to receive. And most uh, likely you felt wonderful. And we feel content when we help other people. Um, I think about just uh, many examples in the Bible, and we'll look at some maybe in a little bit here, but uh, let's look at what the Bible has to say about uh, how we can avoid the miserableness of selfishness and to be truly happy. Let's look at Philippians 2, verse number 4. It says this, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him uh, the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of, every, uh, name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'd like to just say, and we'll look at this, this passage of Scripture, that number one, how to be a happy Christian, let's make Christ our example. Let's make Christ our example. Now, I have um, several friends, uh, maybe not so much anymore, but I'll have people that I've known that we're friends with that um, really just, and again, please don't misunderstand me, I'm not picking up stones and throwing at them. Um, I could be guilty of this as, as well. But I remember they were just really passionate about serving God, very passionate about reading their Bible, very passionate about attending church. And then all of a sudden, someone that they looked up to, if you will, fails uh, or ha has a sin issue, and it comes out. And all of a sudden, it just shatters everything that that person believed in. Uh, I literally have had a roommate in college that um, was really just, it was, it was almost amazing just to see how God was using him and it came out that his uh, youth pastor was living in sin, and it came out that it had been going on for many years, and it completely shattered to the point where he got on Facebook and he just started cursing God, cursing everything he ever knew about Christianity, and it broke my heart, and it broke my heart for several reasons. Um, and number one, I think we all can understand this, and, maybe, and I, don't get me wrong, I think if someone that was really close to me uh, that I look up to, it would shake me as well. But I want to remind us tonight that my eyes are not focused on somebody else. My, my, my foundation is not built on man. My foundation and my eyes need to be fixed upon Jesus Christ uh, because he is faithful. Uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He'll never change. Uh, he's never made a promise that he cannot, uh, that, that he cannot fulfill. And, um, and so when that took place, I just thought about maybe, uh, you know, well, you know, I don't necessarily blame him. That was a good person that he looked up to. And but then I was just like, well, his eyes were completely fixed in the wrong area. And I look now at his family, and again, by the grace of God, there go I, but I look now at his family who's not in church, uh, who is just uh, drinking it up, partying it up, and I look at his precious kids that are just completely just a wreck. And I, I, my heart breaks for them. And, my heart, and I know that uh, by the power of God and the gospel, and that God would, they're not, they haven't lost their citizenship in heaven, but they definitely have lost fellowship with Christ. And I pray that they will, they'll, they'll see that their, their need to, to go back to the house of God and go back to the loving Father. But I hope, that, uh, I hope that we don't just fix our eyes upon other people, because people are always going to let you down. I think of people in my own life that are just really good friends, uh, many times that they had let me down and almost just kind of hurt. 
uh, it hurt, and I said, man, this, I thought this person was my friend. And then I realized, hey, didn't understand the total situation, didn't understand all the ins and outs about something, didn't realize all that was happening behind the scenes, and I gave them the benefit of the doubt. But my, my example is not so-and-so. My example is Jesus Christ. How many remind you that this evening? If we truly are a Christian, then we would want to be Christ-like. I think that's on your page there. If we really are a Christian, we, we want to be Christ-like. I, I shared this example with my, with my friends, uh, Rob and Eva, last week, and I, many of you have heard me say this before in my testimony. But after I got saved, I asked my dad, now, if I'm truly, uh, you know, if I'm saved, does that mean that I can go rob a bank and kill somebody? I was five years old. That was, was my question. Does that mean I could rob a bank and kill somebody and still go to heaven? And my dad said, yes, but if you're truly a child of God, you're not going to want to do those things uh, because a new creature is inside of you. Uh, you know, and, uh, and, and if we're truly a Christian, we want to be Christ-like. Uh, we see here in this passage of Scripture, uh, verse, number, verse number 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, Philippians 2, 7, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men. Who are we talking about here? Jesus Christ. Verse 8, and being found in a fashion as a man, he what? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You mean to tell me the, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, decided to come down here, put on this robe of flesh, to be born into this sin-cursed world, and knowing what his end would be, he came down here willingly, and he came with the form of a what? A servant. He came humbly. He came as a lowly servant, and he spent his entire life here on earth obeying his Father and meeting the needs of others. What does Scripture tell us? Scripture tells us that he didn't come just to be ministered to, but to minister to. He came to serve. I believe that's there on your blank there. He came as a lonely servant, spent his entire life here on earth, obeying his Father and meeting the needs of others. Number one, how to be a happy Christian, make Christ your example. Number two tonight, how to be a happy Christian. Let's take our Bibles, let's go to John chapter 13, the Gospel of John. Go back in your Bibles here, John 13. Not only make Christ your example, but number two, meet others' needs and yours will be met. Here's what the Bible says about meeting your needs. John 13, verse, verse number 12, it says this. So after he had washed their feet, Jesus, washing the feet of the disciples, and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you. Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Again, I don't want to just skip over this. I think we all understand that they didn't have vehicles or transportation. A lot of places they walked. Uh, you, you think about what they wore for shoes, sandals, very dirty feet. I don't even like washing my own feet, let alone washing other people's feet. And here's Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. Verse 15, for I've given you in what? Example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, what? Happy are ye if ye do them. Jesus is literally saying, I am no greater than my Father. I'm a servant. He sent me. I've came to serve. I'm giving you an example uh, that you are not greater, uh, that, that you are a servant. And the world literally teaches us the opposite. Uh, they tell us, uh, you are the most important person, look out for yourself, uh, follow your heart, do whatever, makes, uh, do whatever you need to do to make yourself happy, and, uh, uh, and that's, that is their philosophy. 
And uh, that is a, it's totally unbiblical, that's unscriptural, and they'll find, and many of you have, could probably give testimony to this, such as I could as well, that those things are just temporal joy. Those things are just temp- temporal happiness. Eventually those things wear out. I think about uh, you know, seeing my kids when they, uh, they get, to, uh, get a gift, right? And uh, there's, a, there's few gifts that they give, that, that they get, that I see six months later still. As most of them break, they lose them, or we get rid of them because they make too much noise because grandma and grandpa love to give toys like that. Uh, but nonetheless, that, that excitement of when they first get something, it eventually wears out. Now, I hope, as we gave testimony, I hope as a Christian, when you, I hope that no matter how long you've been saved, I hope you've not lost the joy of your salvation if you're a child of God tonight. I hope that you're not just getting used to being a Christian. We have been, we, we, we were beyond hope. Uh, Jesus Christ paid a debt that we could not owe. Uh, we owed a debt that we could not pay. And I hope that you not have lost the joy of your salvation. And that is why, really, there's so many self-centered, unhappy people today. Uh, and they, 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 they put themselves in a situation where they want to uh, steal, they want to cheat, they want to uh, whatever they can to get what they want. And they find that it's just emptiness. We need to get our minds off of ourselves and put others' needs before yours and you will be blessed. Uh, maybe many of you have heard this. This isn't new, but the acrostic for the word joy, right? What's the order of, uh, of joy there? Jesus, others, and then yourself. That's a good recipe right there. Keep Jesus first in all things. Put others first and put yourself last. Uh, and that's a, that is a, just a good recipe there for joy. Uh, let's take our Bibles. Let's go to another uh, gospel here, the gospel of Luke chapter 6. I appreciate you turning all these places of Scripture tonight. How to be a happy Christian, not only just, number one tonight, to make Christ our example, and uh, number two, meet others' needs and yours, yours will be met. But number three tonight, if we can look at Luke 6, looking at verse number 33, uh, number, th- uh, number three tonight, do not just give to get. Don't give to get. Too many people have the attitude, if I give to you, uh, then you owe me something. And this is, again, unscriptural, and you're going to find yourself very frustrated uh, with that attitude. Luke 6, verse number 33, it says this, And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. So, uh, even sinners, even non-believers understand that when someone does something good to you, you do something good back. I mean, that is, uh, if, excuse the language tonight, duh, that's a no-brainer, right? That's things that, that even uh, un- unbelievers understand. Uh, verse number four, and if you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? Okay, you give something to somebody, you're hoping to get something in back. Okay, you're not being you're not being grateful for sinners. Also lend to sinners to receive as much again. Verse thirty five. But this is hard for me to swallow. Love ye your what your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye thankful, uh, therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. And he puts that there on the end. And I'm so thank- thankful. I love to receive mercy, as we looked at last Sunday morning. I love to receive mercy, but I don't always want to give mercy. Uh, the other day, uh, yesterday, um, we were going to take our, our, our kids to a uh, church member's house. They invited us over to swim. And I did it. I was a this is a terrible dad moment. Do not do this. And I knew I shouldn't have done this, but it came out of my mouth and I shouldn't have done this. 
the kids were being horrible. Um, and nobody else's kids are like this, right? And they're just disobedient, not listening. And it was like I was talking to a brick wall. They get this from their, uh, their mother. I don't understand. But uh, I was talking to them, and they just, it was just not clicking with them. And so I, did, and I should not have done this. And I knew I shouldn't have done this, Pastor, but I did it anyways. I went in, and I said, their job simply was to clean up their room. There was like two toys on the ground, but that was just like so horrible for me to ask. And, uh, and I, this is what I said. I was going to take you to a place to swim today. Not anymore. That was horrible for me to do. <laughs> it really, it really, it really was. I shouldn't have done that. And um, Mr. Softy over here, a couple hours later, we eventually went over there and swam um, as a family, got in there in the sub-zero um, pool there. It was great. Uh, my kids loved the hot tub, though. That was wonderful. Uh, but we got, I, I, and I said to them, and all of a sudden it was amazing how once they realized there was going to probably be a reward, all of a sudden we wanted to obey. And after I apologized to them, saying I should not have done that, shouldn't have waved that over your head, God doesn't do that to us. But I said to them, especially Reagan, I'm always the hardest on her, but I said to her, I said, Reagan, I don't want you to just do right because you're going to get something. I want you to do right because it's right to do. And it was almost like the Lord again, right on the side of my head, Caleb, I want you to do right just because it's the right thing to do. Don't just do something just to get something. And if we could apply this tonight, that when we give to other people, I hope we're not expecting anything in return. And again, that Bible principle of it's more blessed to give than to receive. I will say this, uh, Brother Tim knows this, he he can uh, uh, attest to this, and I, I always beat Reagan up, so let me give her a little bit of a praise. I was proud of her for about two seconds today. Um, but she, uh, in, in, in Children's Church, she had, I don't know how she wins a prize, Brother Tim. You were just, you're too, way too nice. But she won a prize, and instead of getting something for herself, she saw something that her brothers would like. And so she went and got something for them. And when we got up to the house, she had actually wrapped it. She found a, a bag, she taped it together, and um, she, their birthday was like six weeks ago, but we just had a birthday party the other day to make up for it. And she came in singing happy birthday and gave it to them. And they were really appreciative of that. And the smile on Reagan's face, it just showed me, there's that Bible principle again. It's more blessed to give uh, than to receive. And then about two minutes later, they broke it, and it was wonderful. Um, no, but uh, don't just give to get, okay? So make Christ your example. Uh, you know, meet other people's needs and yours will be met. Number three, don't give just to get. Number four, let's go to 1 John, uh, towards the end of your Bible there, 1 John chapter number three. 1 John chapter three, we'll look at verse 17, 18 here in just a second. But number four, see a need and meet the need. See a need and meet it. Instead of just sitting there grumbling, no one ever does anything for me, think about when was the last time you did something for somebody else, just to be a blessing to somebody else. Um, a giving lifestyle will surely fight off the attitude and the, um, the, the attribute, I guess, there of selfishness. When you are a, a giving person, that selfishness just kind of disappears. First John 3.17, it says this, but whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, either in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I put this here. Let's not just say I love you. Let's show it. Let's not just say I'm praying for you. Let's actually do it. Let's not just say, hey, I'm, uh, I'm concerned about you. I'm cheering you on. Let's, let's actually do it. I, I've said this before, there's, there's a few people in my life uh, and, and uh, that I know that when they say, I'm praying for you, 
I know they mean it. I know they're praying for me. And I want to be that type of Christian, too, that when someone has a need, I'm going to commit it to prayer because there's going to be a day that I have a great need, and I want someone to pray for me as well. Ask God today to put someone in your heart and to, to pray for them. Reach out and maybe meet a need for somebody else. A lot of struggling people out there. Hey, how about this? A lot of times I'll find myself that I'm discouraged. I'm discouraged. And uh, maybe I'm having a little pity party. Maybe my discouragement, many people would say, well, Caleb, I totally understand why you're discouraged. But then I'll just, you know what, I'll get in my phone and I'll find a couple people and I'm just, and I'll go through the contacts and I'll start praying for people and I'll text them, praying for you. Is there anything else that I could pray for you about? And very uh, seldom, sometimes, oftentimes that I do this, there'll be someone who says, you have no idea what's going on in my life, Caleb. I needed that. Thank you for praying for me. Maybe someday I'll be able to share with you what, what that meant to me. And can I tell you, and I know I've used this example over and over again, but when my son was in the hospital and there were so many people that reached out and said, praying for you, I thought this was amazing. Some people that I haven't talked to in years called me and said, hey, there's, uh, we, have, we uh, own this hotel about 30 minutes from you, and we'll give you a free room for all your families, whoever uh, would like to stay there, free of charge, you don't have to worry about it. We didn't use it because we wanted to stay there in the hospital, but just, just that action, was just, that, was, that was just love that they were exercising. Someone, uh, a pastor in the area that we went to a lot of youth rallies growing up, and there was a relationship uh, there, uh, my sister-in-law, that's his brother, uh, there in Iowa, showed up, had no idea, showed up just to pray with us, and he had to drive about two hours there just to come, just pray with us. And I remember just realizing, man, I didn't realize that how many times that when someone's going through a need, how many times I just wouldn't say anything. I'd pray about it, but I didn't tell them. Um, how encouraging that was. Let me encourage you. If you are discouraged tonight, maybe write a note of encouragement to somebody. Maybe you have no idea what they're going through. And you encourage somebody else, the Lord's going to bless you for it. The Lord's going to encourage you uh, in that. Uh, lastly, number five here. You don't need to turn here. I'll read the scripture for you. But number five tonight, wish well to others, how to be a happy Christian. And uh, I think I said this recently in a message with um, comparison, and uh, to celebrate others was, was the phrase there that we used. And um, if I can illustrate it this way, I always thought it was interesting, and I think I've shared this before, so if I have already, I'm, I apologize. But I always thought it was interesting when I, um, it was when I would play sports, I wanted my dad to cheer me on. I wanted to make my dad proud. Uh, he, uh, a lot of times because of work, he couldn't be at every game, but when he was there, I tried to do my best. Sometimes I tried too hard, and it would come back to bite me. But I remember many times looking up, uh, uh, and especially even after I graduated, going to games with my dad and sitting there, uh, I remember this. Uh, Geneseo, Illinois, the, the football team, that was like, the, the team colors were green. If you did not show up in a green shirt, like, they didn't let you in. I mean, it was just like, it, it was funny. One time they were playing a team that had the color red, and I brought my friend with. He was wearing the color red. Like, literally, I thought we were going to be killed, uh, martyred uh, that night for just wearing the color red. And, um, but we were there, and I remember the, the other team made a great defensive play, and my dad's clapping. My dad was clapping for the other team, and I just kind of slid away uh, from him, so I'm not with this guy. And I remember saying to my dad, Dad, why are you cheering for the other team? He's like, I couldn't help it, it was a good play. He's like, I, I, wanna, he's like, I want our team to win, but I gotta, that kid down there needs some encouragement. That was a good play that that kid did, and I scooted a little further away from him. Uh, but I remember many times after a ball game, he would explain to me, he's like, oh, that other team that made this, this play on you guys, that was a great play. Dad, did you see what I did? Oh, no, I wasn't really paying attention. Um, but I, all that to say this is that through that, I realized that it's okay to cheer for other people. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying the other team, as in like cheering for uh, people that are standing up for wickedness, but what I am saying is for our, uh, our fellow Christian believers and for those that are in our family, when they have something that is uh, a victory in their life, I hope that we're cheering them on. 
I hope that maybe when they are getting to the other side and, and they have a blessing that happens in their life, maybe, maybe you're sitting there. I remember this. I remember a family member of mine giving a testimony that could not have kids for the longest time. And every time that someone would announce that they were having a kid, they said there was just bitterness that came in their heart uh, because they had had nine miscarriages. Uh, and they felt like they could never have kids. Now, they, they have five kids today. Uh, what a blessing. But I remember them just saying, that was hard for me when people would say, hey, we're expecting a child. And she said, I eventually had to get over that and say, you know what, I'm going to rejoice with those people. Maybe I'll never have kids. And they gave it over to the Lord. I hope that as Christians that we're not looking at other people that are getting blessings and thinking, must be, must be nice. Hope that I can get something someday. No, I hope that we're, we're cheering their mind. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says, let no man seek his own, but every man another's wealth. Let's not, let's not be so wrapped up in our own wealth and success, but let's determine to help other people. Uh, this world's philosophy is to give uh, and take, okay? Uh, that method, again, is unscriptural. Uh, once again, if I could say it again, it's more blessed to give than, than to receive. Many people are depressed. They're ungrateful. And although they have much of the world's riches, they are poor in their spirit. And if I could put world's riches in quotes there, those world's riches eventually are going are gonna to wear out. Uh, they're, they're just temporal. It's not eternal. And as a child of God, you think about what we have in eternal home in heaven, and the riches and blessings that he brings upon our life. And I thought about this as we were singing the song, He Answers Prayer. You know what? He does. Maybe it's not what I thought. Maybe it's not what I was necessarily praying for or wishing for, but God answered the prayer according to what I needed. You know what? I remember as a 10-year-old boy watching my, my grandmother die with cancer. And I remember watching my mom watch her mom die in the hospital and I remember later my mom explaining to me, because I remember sitting there at the funeral and just, you know, my mom being okay, burying her mom. And of course there was tears that were shed and we grieved. But I remember my mom giving me testimony later, said, Caleb, I was praying for those months and months. She had it for about 14 months. So I was so bitter those six, seven, eight months. Why would you do this, God? Why are you giving this cancer? Heal, heal my mom. And so all of a sudden I realized as I'm sitting there being selfish, watching my mom just in pain, knew she was a believer, knew that she would be healed eternally once she was to pass away from here and go to heaven. And she finally gave her the Lord and said, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And she passed away a couple months later. And the peace we heard about this morning, the peace that passed with all understanding. And um, that is what the Lord offers to us. Uh, wish well to others. I think about how we need to just get rid of our selfishness and, and that joy and that peace, that contentment, that really is a fruit of the Spirit. Only those that are in Christ can, can receive those things. And I hope that as a Christian, we're seeking for those things. I hope that we're not just walking around grumpy and uh, thinking about how it's been, I'll say this, we could talk about just the rain. You can get grumpy about that. I wish Brother Mark was here tonight. I'd tease him. He pray, prayed for rain about eight weeks ago. You've noticed we've not asked him to pray anymore in church uh, since he'd prayed that. Uh, it's been crazy. Um, but nonetheless, Let's, let's be happy Christians. We might not always feel like it, but we have so much to be happy about, so much joy that, uh, uh, that comes from the Lord. And uh, I have this quote there. You don't have to fill it in, but uh, I, it's, um, I saw this. And usually he who is the most empty is the one who is most full of himself. Maybe you know somebody that's just full of themselves. Hopefully that's not us. I've been there. I've been full of myself. Uh, and I have to be humbly reminded, hey, you're not all that. <laughs> it's all because of Jesus. Let's be on mission as a church, and let's give God the glory. Let's be busy about giving people the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you this. If we're not, and I'm not saying pretend, okay? When, it's, when the Lord gives happiness and joy, it's real. It comes from the, in, it starts on the inside and it comes out. 
Let's be a happy, joyous Christian because if, if we're just like the world that's complaining, gossiping, uh, murmuring, nothing's great, everything's horrible, that's what the world knows. Every, you, you think about this. It is very easy to just get on a topic, whatever it is. <laughs> you could talk about sports. You could talk about the weather. You could talk about politics. And just start a negative thing. People could talk forever about that. And every, all, everybody's an expert in every situation. Let me challenge you tonight as a Christian. Let's have some spiritual conversations. Let's have that more with our families and with, uh, with one another. And, and, and just, I'm so encouraged when someone comes up and says, hey, this is what the Lord showed me. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm right on this, but this is what the Lord's showing me right now. Can you help me understand this? I wanna, I wanna figure out what this means. I'm so encouraged by that because that's what we should be, studying the word of God, encouraging one another in the Lord. And let's be, let's be happy Christians. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I thank you for your joy. Lord, I thank you for your peace that passeth all understanding. Lord, I think of the many church members that we have, family and friends extended that are going through some real struggles tonight. And Lord, I, I know that it is very easy uh, for us to be distracted and to focus maybe on our, our problems, Lord. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful that these problems are just temporal uh, Lord, maybe we never get an answer on this side of glory, but Lord, I know that once we pass to the other side of glory, everything would be uh, perfect. Everything will be uh, in our eyes. We will be made whole, Lord, and in the sight of you because we're in Christ. And God, I just pray uh, tonight, maybe someone here is struggling with something tonight, maybe something that was said, a verse that was read tonight that would bring encouragement to them. And Lord, let's, let's, let's be, uh, as a church and as a Christian, if you would help us to to stand upon you. Lord, help us not to focus our eyes on man, but to have our foundation upon the word of God and upon Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.